what's up? <laughs> Yo, Ben, how's it going, man? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Where are you at these days? I'm parked in the dirt down in Waco. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's my first time here. I've wanted to come here for a decade. And uh, they're letting you in? Yeah, they're letting they're letting us in. Um, yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty quiet down here. I think a lot of people were spooked from COVID, and I'm able to climb midweek, so it's working out. I kind of have mixed feelings about Waco. Yeah, why is that? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the climbing is spectacular, but the restrictions are just such a turnoff. Okay. Yeah, you really love to be able to roam free and explore. That's actually something that I want to talk to you about today. Yeah, totally. Like, especially the volunteer ones. Like, it seems like, I guess, because I'm not in that great range where I would go on like a tour with a bunch of people. And most of them are climbing, I'd say, like V4 to V9 or something like that. So if I like stop by this V12 or something, I'm like, I want to try this. It would be like nine people just like sitting in a circle, like, are you going to flash this thing? Like, are you going to flash this already? Let's get going. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and I kind of love the beauty of like climbing. It's just like, if you want to sit forever under one climb, it's hard to give somebody like an idea of how long you're going to be sitting there. Mm. You know, sometimes they'll be like, well, how long do you want to go to this boulder for? Because everybody has their agenda. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be like, oh, it's going to take me exactly a half hour to to do this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, I I could sit there for three hours trying that thing. Right. Is that pretty common when you're projecting? Will you put that kind of time into one project in a day? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Okay. It really just depends on the style of climb. I mean, the first time I try it, I'll, you know, you just spend a ton of time like trying the climb because you're just working individual moves. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually take that much strength to work out moves. And so, I mean, I'll spend hours because a lot of the times it's just like beta. Mm. So you'll just be whittling away at the beta, whittling away. And uh, and then once it comes time to like actually send it, then it's like, all right, performance. Like you have a small window. Like sometimes it's a really hard climb. You could have like 10 tries and then you're done. Mm-hmm. But for the first couple, like, especially, like, something that's hard, you know, you're just whittling away at all the intricacies, especially it's a different, like, repeating a boulder versus, like, a first descent. Mm. Uh, when, you, when you're when repeating it, you, you pretty much know the beta. You might just, be, like, change it ever so slightly in one way or, or another to your specific, but you generally know how it's done and how to do it. Or when you find a, a brand new climb like a lot of the fun is just like figuring it out so yeah it, it definitely takes time mm. and i love that aspect i, I love uh i think that, that's a big thing for first ascents for me too is like uh there's no grade there's no ego there's no you know going into it you're not like oh this person has already done it this person's already done it and and how much time I guess it took them to do it. You, so you have this idea of how long that's going to take you to do it. Mm. And so you go in there with like a, an ego mentality where when it comes to first ascents, there's, it's just like pure climbing. You have no clue what the grade is. You have no clue what the beta is. It's just like breaking it down and just climbing for the sake of climbing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Very pure. 
I think that's why it's so appealing. Also, high-end puzzles, because, like, there's something to be said for when, like, somebody has solved a puzzle before. Like, you know in the back of your head, you're like, oh, it's been solved, where... And you know how to solve it, potentially. It might not work for you, Mm -hmm. but at least you know there is a way. Where, like, a first descent, it's super fun to be like, I don't know. And it does kind of suck sometimes when when you can't figure it out and you're like, oh god, I like wasted like two days trying this thing and it's just it's just like a stopper, like it just does not work out. Mm. But that's the gamble that's the gamble you take. How often does that happen when you're trying You know, on, honestly when you first like start developing, I feel like that happens a lot more. Okay. And then as as you get better developing, then you start to have the eyes for like what is legitimately doable and what is not. Mm. But sometimes it toes the line. But I feel like the best stuff. I feel like like there's a climb I did, holy hand grenade and gold bar, where it's like this obvious roof climb, and then the lip encounter. It's just like there's just no holds, and so I think every everybody looked at it and was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe you could do this. But they couldn't crack it. And so sitting there and like just like trying to think all this crazy beta, it ended up being like this knee scum crossover move and like this really weird body position. Like if you saw the sequence, it's so counterintuitive. Hmm. But like when you cracked, when I cracked it, it was just like the coolest thing ever. Cause it's like <laughs> the thing is sitting like right in the heart of the middle of gold bar, like on one of the boulders that most people climb on. Yeah. It's a super obvious climb, but. You know, it just needed, like, somebody just to whittle away at it, whittle away at it, and figure out all those little nuances. <laughs> I was just reading an Instagram post from you about how much you love to explore. I think it was a post from your recent trip to Tahoe. Yep. I'm curious, you've done a ton of development at this point, a lot in Washington, but, you know, a lot in other places as well. How much of it is just branching off from areas that have already been developed, you know, just like kind of poking around and checking out boulders that already have climbs on them and neighboring boulders and that sort of thing versus completely discovering new zones, new boulders out in the middle of the woods, stuff like that. You know, I would say it's more the first one. Okay. Usually it's like, I always try to tell people, I think people like believe that you have to like discover full new areas. And for me, it's like, there's so much to do. Just like if you just walk over the next ridge in Leavenworth, like mm. the funny part is, is like in the past, like four years in Leavenworth, I've developed probably like five or six roadside double digit boulders. That <laughs> you could see, like you could literally spit on the boulder. <laughs> I think that a lot of people just assume, like say you see a boulder uh, from the road and you're like, okay, that boulder looks amazing. People just have this like intuition that, uh, somebody's looked at it yeah like it's too obvious it's it's too obvious like somebody has had to have gone up there and looked at it and then thought like no that's no good and the truth is, is for the majority of the time that's not true hmm. or or they looked at it and maybe they just didn't have the eye for it because like I, I go back to boulders that i've seen in the past all the time and i'll go back to them and look at them with new eyes and then be like oh like i see it now like where i didn't see it before <laughs> So it's ever evolving in that way where, yeah, for me, I, I just like to explore. So generally I'll, I'll go to an area and just start exploring because that's half the fun for me. Like I said, in that post, for me, it's like a treasure hunt. <laughs> you're just like, 
and you kind of get used to it. I've noticed this with other people that develop a lot. They kind of, you get to know like the markers for like, like different areas have different markers. And I've heard other people say this, but like in Joe's Valley, if uh, you'll always notice that there's a slab above every good boulder, there's something about the way the rock forms that snow has to like land on the top and the water has to run down the overhang Mm. for the, for the rock quality to be good. So actually, when you're looking at the hillside, you want to look for like uh, black slabs. Huh. And then the the faces underneath will be good. And so you start to notice these like traits beach area. And then it, it's like easier to distinguish. It's like if you look at a cliff, generally, you have to look at like the style of the cliff. Is it, is it like broken up? If it's like Yosemite where it's like a sheer cliff, there's not going to be that many boulders. Or if it's like broken up, then there's going to be boulders. Or if it's sheer, you actually want to be on the goalies on the side because mm. the goalies where where it's almost like a chute. That's where the boulders come down more so than the cliff itself. <laughs> so you start to learn like all these like little tricks or like Leavenworth. It's all these uh, like there's these plateaus. Leavenworth is kind of weird because uh, a lot of areas, the boulders will generally like come down to the bottom. But Leavenworth is like hilly. Mm-hmm. So you'll 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 kind of just go up the hill and, and find a plateau, and all like some boulders will be kind of like trapped on a, on these plateaus. So you're, you're kind of like thinking, okay, where's the where are the plateaus at? And then you're always like going up and checking the plateaus because that's where the boulders are resting. <laughs> but yeah, I think the biggest mistake people do is yeah, they just if they want to develop, I mean. A lot of people just don't want to develop, right? They sure. want to just go down the beaten path and just rock climb. But if you do want to develop, it's never, never assume that somebody's looked at it. Hmm. Like, just take that time to go look at it. How do you combine that with your climbing trips? Do you do that on climbing days or just hike around on rest days? You know, honestly, it, it really just depends. I'd say the majority of the time it's on rest days. But sometimes I'll, like, come into an area and I'll, like, notice boulders. So, say, like, I have the guidebook, like Tahoe. I have the guidebook and, I, and I'm looking. And I'm like, and I went back into an area. And I was like, well, I can see boulders over here that aren't in the guidebook. Sometimes I'll just get sidetracked. Davida is always, like, mad at me about this. Because <laughs> I'll be, like, she'll be climbing and I'll be like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. And then, like, three hours later, she's like, God damn it, man, you did that again. You were on forever. <laughs> I, I I just like the, the like explorer mentality. Like for me, it's like an adventure. Yeah. So I, I just want to. And the problem is, is, like once I start finding things, then it, like I can't like stop myself. I'll just be like, okay, I have to like look at every nook and cranny because I, you don't know how many times I've been like, oh, okay, I'm gonna cut it off right here. That boulder over there, it, it, it's probably bad or whatever. And then I came back. And then looked at that boulder, and it was the best line in the whole area. <laughs> and so now I'm just like, okay, I, I kind of just like, like I call it mowing the lawn. You kind of just like do this pattern of like zigzagging hmm. and then and going across the hillside and just like scoping everything. And then if I run out of time, like I'll kind of just pick up where I left off. Hmm. Like especially Tahoe, I feel like Tahoe is kind of unique where there's not really like there's no like taluses and there's no like distinct like the boulders are just random like super random Hmm. i don't know if you've been there but 
I have not very like yeah, I've seen photos kinda, though. Yeah, it's like the, the landscape is pretty like mellow, like uh it's more like gradual hills. Yeah. Instead of like mountains. And so the boulders are just like in random places. Like you could hike forever and just see tiny, tiny boulders. Hmm. But then you'll just be like walking through the woods and just stumble across this like, you know, 30 foot boulder. And you're just like, okay, why is this here and not over there? <laughs> That's it's so the, interesting. Yeah. So it's honestly probably the weirdest place I've ever like searched because you have to spend way more time searching where I feel like 11 North or Joe's like, I could like go out one day and I'm almost guaranteed to find something hmm. where Tahoe, I could like search forever and be like, eh, it's okay. It's okay. Like there's a lot of small boulders, but then you'll just like, I said, you'll just come across a huge boulder and be like, well, what the, why, why is this here? And everything else is tiny. That's so interesting to hear you say that about a place like Joe's. Like it, I mean, to your earlier point, it's so easy for me to just, immediately assume like, ah, oh, Joe's Valley's tapped, you know, tons of strong people have been climbing there for decades now. And like, it's got to be tapped. But the, yeah, the fact that you feel like you can find something or you're almost guaranteed to find something every single time you go out explores. That's pretty eye-opening. I mean, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's the truth of the pudding that I put up this boulder called the Cosmos boulder and it's right above Finger Hut. You literally just like, you walk to Finger Hut and then there's, I think it's called the Isosceles boulder. Like okay. This triangle boulder. Yeah. You just like walk up past that and around this bend in the wash. And then I found this boulder that just has three like five star lines on it. <laughs> like the cosmos. It's like two V9s and a V11. And they're right next to each other. They're all like obvious starts, independent lines, like pristine rock. And it was like, that's probably one of the, like the oldest areas. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed that teaser of this week's follow-up. If you want full access to follow-ups, you can sign up for $5 a month on Patreon at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. Or you can go to thenuggetclimbing.com and click on the support the podcast button at the top. If you're on your smartphone, just tap those two little lines at the top of the page and you'll see the button in the drop-down menu. $5 per month gets you access to all follow-up calls, past and future. As long as you are a member, you'll have access to all of them. As you just heard in the teaser, I've been recording some follow-up conversations with past guests on the show to talk about what they've been up to lately and to go even further into the weeds on a specific topic than we typically would on the podcast. Follow-ups are 20 to 30 minutes in length, occasionally longer, and I will be releasing one every other week to make sure I always have plenty of podcast guests to follow up with. If you sign up for follow-up calls, what you are really doing is supporting the regular podcast and helping me continue to chase down interesting guests so I can pick their brains and bring you new nuggets every week. And by signing up on Patreon, you get some bonus content to look forward to as well. In addition to getting access to follow-ups, I will also let you know who's coming up on the show, and you can submit patron questions for upcoming guests, as you have undoubtedly heard in other episodes of the podcast. Five bucks per month. Think of it as buying me a beer at the local brewery after a long day of climbing. Whether or not you choose to sign up, Thank you for listening, and feel free to share the podcast with your friends or leave a rating on your listening app. It truly helps, 
and I appreciate you for tuning in. I am very grateful for you guys. Much love to you all. We'll see you next time. Like we do it.